Welcome to Statements of Opinion. I'm your host, Francine Vasquez, and in this podcast, I'll be talking about everyday events, happenings, pet peeves, and everything under the sun in order to provide you with a fun and sometimes serious look at life. So I wanted to go back to my army days and talk a little bit about what happened after basic training. I know I talked a lot about what my basic training experiences were, but once you finish basic training, you go on to what's called advanced individual training or AIT. So let me talk a little bit about that and what I was doing in the military. So like I said, after you finish basic training, then you go on to advanced individual training. Now for some jobs, uh, advanced training and basic training are combined. Those are usually more combat arms jobs and positions. But for the rest of us, once we graduate from basic training, we go on to AIT or adv- or advanced individual training. The amount of time that that takes varies depending on what your job is. Now, a job in the military is called a military occupational specialty or an MOS. And whatever job you had was also delineated by a number. So my job was 31 Lima, which was a cable systems installer. Or actually when I joined, it was still called a wire systems installer. So that was my particular MOS or my job that I had signed up to do. And so now it was time to learn how to do that. So for that, my training was nine weeks. And cable dogs were, along with each job having, uh, being, you know, noted by by a number like 31 Lima, uh, 21 Bravo, etc. and so forth. A lot of times they also have nicknames. So for those of us who were 31 Limas or cable systems installers, our nickname was um, Cable Dogs. So that's what we were known as. I even remember some of my friends who were in my particular class got tattoos of bulldogs because that was our our mascot as for our group, it was a, a bulldog with a, a, like a cable in their mouth, you know. So we were cable dogs. And um, I did not get a tattoo <laughs> of that. That wasn't quite that hardcore. <laughs> so I did not do that. I was not part of that group. But, yeah, we were known as cable dogs. So, you know, that's, I guess, you know, if you think about it, it's a pretty cool nickname. I know that there were... Other groups, like there was one, I forget their MOS, but they were like, they were in rat rigs. So, you know, you don't want to be known as a rat, right? So, (laughs) um, I think ours was cooler. But, you know, anyway, cable systems installers, 31 Limas, were trained down in Fort Gordon, Georgia. Again, remember that my experiences in the Army date back to the 90s. So things may be very different now. I can only speak to what I went through at the time. Advanced training was co-ed. So where basic training for me was just all females trained together and all males trained together. And we didn't mix. 
in advanced training, we mixed. It was it was all of us all together at once. So my training site was down in Fort Gordon, Georgia, which is it was definitely a nice change of pace because I just went through basic training at Fort Leonard Wood in Missouri in the middle of winter and froze my freaking butt off. So it was nice to now go to training down in Georgia in the springtime when it was a lot warmer. (laughs) So I had about, what, a month? I think I had a month between basic training and advanced training. I don't think they sent me straight to, you know, I don't remember. I don't know if they sent me straight from basic training to advanced training. I, I really can't remember that. I might have had a couple of weeks back home and then left from there to go to Georgia. I don't quite recall that. But I do know, like I said, it's nine weeks. So it's similar to basic training in that when you get there, there are different phases that you're in. And, you know, you got to start off with one phase and then work through it. Now, so in AIT, you still have drill sergeants. You still have a lot of restrictions um, you're not really free to do what you want to do. You still have to get a lot of, you know, go, no goes and, and pass tests and pass your physical fitness test and everything else before you're considered permanent party. And once you're a permanent party, that's basically you're, you're in the military, you're doing your job day to day, yada, yada. You're no longer a trainee or cadet or re- recruit. You are a full-fledged member of the Army. So we still had a lot of restrictions. We all stayed in in a barracks together and everything. So I remember that I was in Delta Company or D Company. And in my barracks, there was a... When you walked into the lobby, there was a big giant D on the floor. And you could not step on that D. If you stepped, if your foot touched any part of that D design that was on the floor, you were going to get smoked by a drill sergeant. So don't do it at all. (laughs) And you don't want to get smoked. I think I talked about that in my other um, episodes when I talked about basic training. Getting smoked means you're going to do physical fitness, some kind of physical exercise until, you know, the drill sergeant gets tired of running you through that. So that means you're probably going to be shaken in muscle failure before you get up. So trust me, you don't want that. And since I was a, a cable systems installer, I got trained down in an area of Fort Gordon that was called the Pole Orchard. Well, I should back up. Fort Gordon is where they do all of the training for the signal corps. So depending on your job, you belong to certain corps or sections or I don't know. So like signal corps is all the communication type jobs and the engineering corps has all of those types, you know, and so forth and so on. So it really just depended on what your job was. So I was in the signal corps and all of those jobs got trained down in Fort Gordon and so all of the training sites are set up for whatever 
job you're doing. So for us, 31 Limas, we got trained at the Pole Orchard. Now let me tell you why it's called the Pole Orchard. Because one of the things you have to do as a cable systems installer is climb these poles. You know telephone poles, you see them all over the place, right? And you've seen, you know, your telephone company or your or your cable company, you know, if you have Verizon Files or things like that. You know, they usually have, they come up with these bucket trucks and they lift themselves up and they're fixing the cable wires or the phone wires or whatever. Yeah, we didn't have bucket trucks, okay? We didn't get that luxury. (laughs) We actually had to climb the poles. And these are 45-foot poles. So if you're afraid of heights like I am, this is a horrible thing, (laughs) okay? And when I got recruited and I chose this job, I knew that that was one of the things I was going to have to do, and I didn't know how I was going to be able to do it, but I figured I'd figure it out. So, yeah, I got through it. That's the that's the end of the story, okay? I did get through it, but doing it was horrible, horrible. I hated it, because you're 45 feet up in the air on a pole with nothing else. There's no nets, Okay. But that's kind of jumping a little bit forward. But it's called the Pole Orchard because in one section of that training area for our job, there are all of these poles, 20, 30, 40 poles. I can't remember how many there were. And they're all lined up in a row because that's where you start training on that. And then there are other areas and sites for our job. There's an area where, you know, you got, you got, you're going to have to learn how to dig um, underground to to lay your cables. You have to learn how to use certain equipment um, to hook the cables up to, and you have to learn how to set the cables up off of the ground. And there's a whole lot of stuff you have to learn for this position. But the very first thing that you do is you climb these poles. You learn how to climb the poles. Now, before I got there, probably the year or two before I uh, got trained. Not even, maybe not even that long, maybe a few months. But anyway, before I got there, you used to have to learn how to gaff. And gaffing is learning how to climb the pole with spikes that you strap to your legs. Um, sometimes you see that with loggers and they will climb up the trees really fast with these spikes that are attached to their legs. Those are gaffs. So you learn how to gaff up the pole and down the pole. Well, the scary thing about that is (laughs) if you don't put the spike into the pole the right way or deep enough or set it, you're coming down. (laughs) And I've heard horror stories about that. So luckily for me, when I got there, they weren't doing that anymore. They were only using poles that had pegs in them, set pegs, where you can put your feet and hold on to your hands, which didn't help with my fear of heights, but at least it helped me not feel like I'm going to plummet to my death. (laughs) Okay, so that's the first thing you do. And the first time they get us up there, and, and you're strapped in, you do have a safety harness, It's not really like the safety harness is going to stop you from slipping. You could still fall. It's most likely going to catch on one of the pegs if you do fall. But it 
still is horrifying <laughs> if you have this fear. So we had to climb up to the very top. So you're at the top of the pole. And the pole gets a little bit skinnier as it goes up. And when you're up 45 feet in the air, it does sway. The pole sways slightly in the wind. So that's not fun either. And once you get to the top, um, you clip on your, your safety belt. And then they make you, you have to lock your legs. And then they make you lean back. Because when you're, the, the whole point of climbing the pole is because you're going to be tying a cable to the pole, right? So you need to run all of these cables and telephone wires and things. And in order to do that, you have to be able to almost be in a, you're, you're kind of leaning back, setting back, and, and you have to be in a comfortable position so that you can then spend your time tying things to the pole. You can't do it if you're holding on to, for dear life to the pole with one arm. <laughs> so they make you lean back in the harness hooked up to the pole, which nobody wants to do. And as you're doing it, you know, my legs are shaking because I'm so scared. And then what's even worse is they make you lean to the right and clap your hands and then lean to the left and clap your hands because they want you to be comfortable and to feel safe enough that you can work there. But nobody wants to do that. So I remember leaning, I just inched to the right and clapped and inched to the left and clapped. And, and that was it. I was like, can I get down now? So, and it, it was it was really, really hard to do, but I did it. And then we almost, like for the first few weeks, we were up on that pole like every day, I feel like, because again, our job is to get the cable tied to the pole. So you have to be able to go up with the pole. You learn how to carry the cable or part of the cable. You know, you kind of like um, wrap it around your, your shoulders and you go up and you have to have certain these kind of ties that we use and you have to have this string or pieces of rope that you use to tie it and secure it to the pole, and it needs to be secured in a certain way so that it won't fall, and it won't be, like, flapping in the wind. It needs to be taut, and but not so taut that it's going to break and pull apart. So you learn how to do all of that, and that's the first part of the pole orchard experience. And so... Then after that, to me, it gets easier because once you finish that part, then you learn how to do the rest of it. You know, burying the cables and wires underground and learning how to put up what's called an A-frame, which is made out of wood. And it's like this um, structure that looks like uh, the letter A or almost like a diamond, not a diamond, a triangle shape. Um, structure that you can lay the cable on top of so that if you don't have poles that are already preset to use, you can create your own pole system. And so you can do that with A-frames. You learn how to do it with these poles that you use to put up camouflage netting and things like that. You also learn, like I said, how to use certain equipment. Some of the equipment helps to boost the signals some of the equipment 
are telephones, you know, field telephones, secured telephones or encrypted telephone systems, and things like that. How to run the cables out, how to splice wire, how to do different types of knots and things like that. So so you learn all of that in advanced training. And while you're doing that, you're still taking PT tests, so you still have to make sure that you can still uh, pass your uh, your run, your sit-ups, and your push-ups. And you have to do all of that. There's a certain number you have to do in a certain amount of time, just like basic training. And if you don't pass that, then you are not going to be able to go to your permanent station. Um, same thing with whatever job you're doing like for us with 31 lima there's also written tests so you so you still get written tests and physical tests as far as being able to do whatever part of the job that they're asking you to do and and they're grading you on it you know climbing up the pole getting down the pole setting these cables or wires you know making sure you're digging deep enough into the ground so that, you know, when trucks and things pass over it, they won't snag it or rip it, Um, everything. But you still have to pass those tests. And you also get to, this this was kind of, I don't know why they did this, but I remember we got to give them our preference. We had to choose what our preference of a duty station would be because once you graduate, you're going to your duty station, right? So I don't remember where I picked, but I think one of the places I picked, I think you get a choice of three. And I think one of the places I picked was Hawaii, which probably wouldn't have been a good idea because I hear it's very expensive there. Other than that, I probably would have loved it. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I don't remember where else I picked, but I didn't go to any of those places. I went to Korea <laughs> and I had to go there on what we call a hardship tour for a year and a hardship tour just means that you can't bring family like if you're married you can't bring your your spouse you can't bring your children and you're there for an entire year and it's also hardship tours tend to be in combat zones or places that um may not be that uh safe for you to bring civilians too. Um, so that was Korea. So anyway, um, that's where I got to go. And I can promise you that Korea was not on my list. <laughs> I did not ask to go there, but that's where I ended up going. And, um, you know, I, it was definitely interesting. I'm glad that I did it. I'm glad I got to go somewhere and, and see something like that and experience a whole new culture. So that was really cool. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't remember a whole lot about advanced training. There isn't a whole lot to talk about. I mean, it's not that different than basic training, except in basic training, you only had, like, part of, you had Sunday afternoons off. And in advanced training, we got Saturday and Sunday off. We got our whole weekend off, which was really cool, you know. And, uh... And in basic training, you never get to wear your civilian clothes. In advanced training, once we finished the first phase, which for me and my group, I think it was the first week, then you could wear 
your civilian clothes on the weekends. And in advanced training, you could go to a few more p- places off off the main campus. I can't remember. I mean, I don't think we could still go to the movies or things like that, but you could go a little farther away. The control was a little less intense um, than it was in basic training. But, I mean, you still had drill sergeants, like I said, so it wasn't like... It was a walk in the park or anything like that. But it was more enjoyable, I could say, than basic training, except for climbing the poles at the pool pole orchard. I really didn't like that at all. <laughs> Other than that, I, I think it was a pretty, pretty cool experience. It was really nice being down in Georgia, like I said, because the weather was really good. And, um, yeah, so that's kind of how I learned the job that I ended up doing for the rest of my time in the military, which really wasn't that long. I was only in a total of four years, so I didn't spend a lot of time in the military, but yeah, I mean, that's how, that's how it went. So let me know what you think. If you have any questions or you want to hear anything else, um, I'll be happy to share it, especially if I can remember it. If I can't remember it, maybe I'll make it up. I don't know. Who knows? Okay. So anyway, thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any new content and I'll talk to you next time.